0: Well, I hope you had a wonderful Christmas, and we can celebrate the gift that keeps on giving—that that Christmas is all about, and that's the the gift of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I I want to say that um, Christmas this year was an amazing time for Debbie and me. I want to thank Pastor Jeremy and the elders, and the staff and the team here for uh, giving us the freedom to be able to go and be with our family that we hadn't been with together like that for decades, and uh, it was awesome. Um, Thank you, thank you, thank you, and I heard the message and saw the youth and the teens and the music, and this was a great service last week, amen? (laughs) Uh, Before we go any further, I just want to make sure that we acknowledge somebody who's probably watching online. It's their birthday today, so Mercedes Mills, happy birthday. And you may say, well, why don't you tell everybody about my birthday? It's Tuesday. If we announced all the birthdays of everybody, we'd be here for a lot longer, and I know you don't want to do that. But uh, we, we do announce the birthdays on, on the day that we get together. We do announce those who are having birthdays to acknowledge them. But if you're having a birthday this week, have a great birthday. Enjoy it. Some of you are like, I, I don't want to enjoy it. It means I'm getting older. Yeah, but you're also getting closer to eternity. I know, I'm getting older. Well, that's all right. Um, thank you for joining us here thank you for joining us online Uh, we we have choices every day we make choices what we're going to do with our time we all have the same amount of time but we use it in different ways and sometimes the way we use our time isn't as productive and beneficial as other times and i believe that your choice to be here and choices people are making all over this city this state this country and this world to join together As the Bible tells us, not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the time approaches. And what it's talking about is the time of the return of the Lord. Guess who's coming back? Jesus Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back. He came born in a manger. He came as a servant. The Bible says he came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. But he is coming back as a conquering king. And I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. But, but before he comes back to the earth, the Bible tells us he's going to be in the air and the church is going to meet him. Now, what's going to be the state of the church? Without spot or wrinkle, a glorious, victorious church. So with that in mind, we're not talking about buildings because we'd have to scrub this thing down for weeks to get it glorious and victorious. But. We're talking about you and me who are believers in Jesus Christ. He's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. So does that give any of us any inclination that there needs to be a little bit of change? <laughs> All of us. All of us need to recognize the adjustments or the changes that need to happen in our lives to be prepared to see our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And... Uh, you know, we're we're living in, back when the Bible was written, when Jesus spoke, he said, these, these are the indications of the last days, and you're in the last days. So if it was last days over 2,000 years ago, how last are these last days? That's right, Kalani, not very long. The more I listen and hear people talking about the things that they're seeing in the world that we live in, that are all predicted in the Bible, revealed in the Bible about how difficult, dangerous, how badly people will treat each other. All you have to do is go go to the Gospels, go to Matthew chapter twenty-four. You'll see. The list of things that Jesus announces is going to go on, and you can look in our society across the world, and you can see these very things going on all around without interruption. And it's just an indication of where we are in time. But we have to be aware of the time, and we are not always aware of time and and using it well. This, This period of time that we are in, the holiday season, it starts usually around Thanksgiving, and and it begins to ramp up to the point where we get where we are. We are right now at the edge of 2023. Now, I have to tell you, I'm just being honest with you, that I don't always stay up to see the ball drop, to see midnight come, because I'm getting older. Thank you for nobody saying amen. But there are years that I have literally stayed up, kept myself awake to make sure that year ended. You know what I mean? I, 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 I'm telling you, there are those years that we have that we're like, oh dear God, please, please, let this year end. Let the new year be a new year. And you know, we think magically. There's no magic in Christian faith, it's trust in God. God doing what He said He'd do, we believing He'll do it, we expect He'll do it, but it's not just like poof, little dust. You turn a page tomorrow to open a new calendar, a new year. But it will not be a new year if there isn't change. And guess who never changes? And why is that, that God never changes? That's exactly right. He doesn't need to. He's perfect. Now, the rest of us, and even us that think we're perfect, need to realize there's only one. That means that every other person has to change. We have to change because we're not perfect. But God said that he is perfecting us. He is developing us. He is maturing us. Don't you want to be the best version of you? We want you to be the best version of you. And the only one that knows the best version of you is the one that created you. And that's God himself. And so, for us to become the best version of us and have the best year we can have, we've got to look to God. Because guess who's already been in 2024? Isn't guessing about what 2024 holds? That's right, God. Time, distance, space does not limit God. God's in your yesterday, God's in your tomorrow. And God is with you right now at the same time. And I don't know about you, but that that kind of just scrambles my brain because I can't comprehend it, but I've got to choose to believe it because it's what God's Word says. And I'm glad He's able to do that, not us. Because He can redeem our past, rescue it from loss. Every one of us has a past. And there are times we start to get very nervous and very stressed that somebody might find out about what we did and who we were. But guess who knows everything about you in detail, more detail than you could recall, and loves you more than everyone else in your life? That's God. And he's working to redeem your past, rescue it from loss. He is also setting you up. Now, if somebody says, I'm going to set you up, what do you think? Yeah, that could be good or bad, right? God, God has a track record. The Bible says, every good and perfect gift comes from our Father above, in whom there's no variableness or shadow of change. So when He sets us up, every time He sets us up, He's setting us up for good or better than we're currently experiencing. That's why we should trust God all the time, no matter what He is is indicating we need to do or how we need to adjust. He's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you that you currently don't have and don't even know you don't have. That's how good He is. And He's right here in our present helping us with what we struggle with. The Bible says God contends. If you're a contender, what does that mean? You're a fighter. He contends, he fights with those things that contend with you, the things that fight against you. You're not in this fight alone. God is with you. But do you know that God will not jump in if you're trying to do it all yourself? And we tend to be doing things ourselves until we get overwhelmed or we get knocked down so many times we can't get up and we finally call out for help. And God wants us in 2024 to make him our first resort, not our last resort. The first one we turn to before we turn to ourselves, rely on ourselves or anybody else to rely on him. Because God can do far more and far better than all of us together can do. And the only way we're going to have 2024 be a better year than 2023 is to let God have more place, space and governance. Governing in our lives, because when he has his way, what did Jesus come to give us? Life and life, more life and life more abundant. So everything God does, Jesus came to reveal the invisible Father. God the Father wants you to have life and life more abundant. Everything He does, everything He's planned, is for that for your lives, our lives, to become more full and overflowing with life, going from glory to glory. And yet, we hold the key to whether he's going to be released and allowed to have his way in our lives. Just think about that for a second. Will we who say Jesus is our Lord, the word Lord means master, owner, and controller. Will we let Jesus, our Lord, really be Lord in 2024? Because when I think about that, I realize I've got to make adjustments. I just can't do what I've always done the way I've always done it. For this to be a new year, I have to have a new way. And the Bible says that there is a new and living way we're to walk in, and that's the way of the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And there are, like Eric said, there are are a variety of ways we naturally, secularly, physically, emotionally prepare for a new year. And as he said, there are things that people do to try and plan to take care of themselves better. I was talking to somebody this morning that was talking about going to the gym and exercising and and eating right. And how many of us have done that? You know, we say, you know, last year I didn't do so well. I can see in the mirror that I need to change. And all of a sudden we start making resolutions or commitments. Thank you, Eric, for that word, commitment, because people make promises but break promises, right? Oh, I guess not. But we make these resolutions to eat healthier, and yet we sabotage ourselves. We don't clean out the pantry before we make that resolution. We don't clean out the refrigerator. We don't get rid of all those little uh, dollar-off or $2 off coupons to Burger King. Or And you may say, well, what's wrong with Burger King? Well, look it up. You can find out the information. It's not just Burger King. It's it's. A lot of the things that we expose ourselves to, we consume that breaks us down. But there are things out there we can consume and expose ourselves to that will build us up. And nothing and no one can build us up and strengthen us and make us whole and healthy more than God his kingdom, his spirit, and his word. And yet for that to happen, I don't know about you, but I know in my life I've got to make adjustments. i got to change and stick with it and have people hold me accountable. How are you doing on that? You know, we don't want people to find us out. But we need to be transparent. And we can't do these things on our own. One of the things that I read, there were seven things that somebody said these are ways to prepare to reflect on last year and make the adjustments you need to, to take care of last-minute tasks like tying up loose ends. Uh, they had a digital declutter, your email, inbox. And I'm thinking... Oh, my gosh. I don't have enough time to declutter that, <laughs> but I'll work on it. Vacation planning. We all want vacations, right? And we always start planning for vacations, but how are we planning for eternal life? See, if we've, we make more plans for vacations, and I know that we as human beings make more plans for weddings than we do thinking about eternity. Something needs to be adjusted, realigned. Setting goals and plans for the new years. Prioritize self-care. Organize and clean your space. Oof. Financial planning. And then the last one, and this is great. Create a plan of action. Because we can have all these plans, but if we don't have an action plan to carry these things out, I want to tell you, I have been incredibly blessed. I have been learning so much because I've been hanging around with somebody that is really good at action plans. Sorry, hon. (laughs) I know it's not you. You and I both know that, but some of you are thinking, he's going to say his wife but that's not the person. I love her dearly more than anybody else, but we are we 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 are similar in a lot of ways and we're different in a lot of ways. So, I needed to be around somebody who really created action plans and he's not going to look up at me. He's laughing. You knew I was talking about you. At least look at me. Thank you. Pastor Jeremy is really good at action plans and I've learned so much. In the years that I've known him and so much more in this past year. Man, it's great. I don't know why I didn't understand this, but I didn't. And he does. And I'm so glad to be near him. Amen. And learn from him. But, but creating an action plan. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about plans. And we've got to recognize that every one of us plans... If this year you said, I am not going to plan anything, I want you to know that's your plan. I'm not making plans. That's a plan. And so we, we, we in, term, in ways, plan things, but we don't always get an action that's connected with that plan. And sometimes we do get an action connected with the plan, but it's not long-lived. You know, this, this new year is always the time that the, I go to the gym at 5.30 in the morning. Some of you are like, oh, <laughs> how do I do it? I, I, I need to go, Kalani. It's something I can't miss because I don't feel better while I'm doing it, but I feel better after I do it, Okay. And so I go with these guys. Is Tom here? I don't see him. Tom Roach is one of the guys that I go to the gym with at 530 in the morning. He is so faithful. And and he's bringing his wife also. And there are these guys. And we always, at this time of the year, we're like, oh, man, it's going to happen again. Because there's going to be an influx. Of all these people in all these new outfits, I, 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 I almost look homeless in the stuff I go in. There would be nobody that would ever dream I was a pastor in the stuff I wear. When Tom found out, he was like, yeah, you're kidding. And I said, no, I, what do you do? I'm a pastor. No, you aren't. But, but, you know, they're all sparkly and high energy. <laughs> Getting in there and doing all this stuff, and you're, you're one of those people. I'm okay with you, but I'm sad because if you don't keep going, all that stuff was for nothing. And that's what happens. The gyms get packed out in the first month, and it starts to dwindle down. And there are some that are really... Gung-ho, and they go to the second month, and you'll see them fall away. And there are some that just keep going. But that shouldn't be the way it works. If we've got a plan, and it's a good plan, we need to plan the work and work the plan. Right? Because if we're going to plan the work and not do the work, then the plan was Useless. It just made us feel good for a minute. And in the kingdom of God, the Bible says that you, as a believer in Jesus Christ, we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto, this is what we're created for, all good works. Now we're not saved by works. But once we're saved by grace through faith, which is a gift, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. A work for you to do that is absolutely unique to you. No one can do the work that God has for you to do the way God has for you to do it. That's why you don't have to look at anybody else and say, Well, you know, I can't do what Eric does. I can't do... What Karen does. I can't do what Fred does. I can't do, I can't do, I can't do. You're right. God never created you to do what they do, the way they do it. But God created you to do something unique and wonderful in the kingdom of God. And in the world that you live in right now. Because there are a lot of people that are in great need that know nothing about Jesus Christ. And how he comes to bring them life and life more abundant. And we're here. Every one of us are here to fulfill the Great Commission. Go into all the world. And you may not go into Tanzania, but you have sent people to Tanzania. You say, well, how how did I do that? If you give in this church, if you pray for this church, you're supporting people that are working in Tanzania. And you may never see them before you get to heaven, but you'll know it once you get there. And all over the world, that's what those flags are for. And that's why we put them up, because we want people to recognize this isn't about this church. This is about God's church and the people that God so loved. He sent his only son. That we're supposed to be in this part of life which is the shortest part you'll ever have. Because exiting this life, you enter eternal life as a believer. Life doesn't end. It just changes from temporary to eternal. And in this life, we're here to impact other lives so that heaven would be full. The biggest travesty would be that heaven didn't have everyone in it. But Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one, comes to the Father except through me. I know we hear all sorts of things out there. There are a variety of ways to get to heaven. But Jesus said, no. One. There was only one person that died and gave his life to remove sin that keeps us out of heaven from the lives of all of us. And that was Jesus. And yet we are here Having the benefit of what Jesus has done in our lives to help bring other people to that same benefit and that same abundant eternal life that starts here in this life and goes on forever. But if we're going to do that, we've got to be more considerate and caring of other people than just ourselves. And it's not that, that we don't know that, but we, we get so caught up with so many things we want to do and we need and we think and we say and we, 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 I, 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 me, me, me. And when we look at Jesus' life, we realize he didn't do anything of himself or for himself. He said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. I didn't come to seek my own will. I came to do the will of my Father. I came to seek and save the lost. I know we, we many of us know that the Word of God says that we'll do the works of Jesus and greater. And we all think about miracles, and that's great. God does miracles. I want to tell you about a miracle this morning that I heard about. There was a person in this congregation that had gone to the doctor and the doctor had done a procedure and found something that did not look good. And and there were some indications that it could be very damaging. And so referred one of the members here to a specialist. Now the doctor that found this actually put a tattoo with inside the body of this person to pinpoint the spot that he saw the problem that he wanted this next expert to look at. So they would get the spot right. And they went into this second procedure that the expert was going to look for this situation that was not good. Looked all around in the area. Could not find. Could not find what the first doctor marked as this is very dangerous, potentially. And the doctor said, I don't know how this happened. We do. Who did that? Yeah. Our God did that. And he does miracles for unbelievers. We're not to live by miracles. We live by faith. But miracles are done in our lives and through our lives for unbelievers to be able to see something they can't explain. And they have to come to the conclusion that it's something beyond what they understand. And we as witnesses can be there and say, but you know what? I want to tell you something. You may not believe this, but we've been believing for a miracle. And I know you may not use those terms, but our God is a miracle-working God. And in the days, amen, in the days we're living in, the Bible tells us that God is going to work signs and wonders and miracles. Not just through a few, through any one of us that are willing to put ourselves in God's hands and God's plan to fulfill what he wants, the way he wants it and the timing he wants it and let him guide and govern and guard us. And when it happens, there's gonna be a real tendency for people to say, oh my gosh, look what you did. And that can go to our heads real quickly. Because every one of us, Seems like there's something inside us that's longing for someone to acknowledge us and value us and treasure us, and it's already happened. And we don't need to look to everybody else that is going to be cheering you today and possibly turning on you tomorrow. Because they did it with Jesus. And if they did it with him and he was perfect, what kind of shot do we have? But in those moments, we're going to be able to be vessels of honor that God would flow through. Because the last time I checked, I'm looking at y'all. You guys are a fine-looking group. But I don't see anybody here who's ever done a miracle. Because there's only one that I know that does miracles, and his name is Jesus. But he lives in you. We just have to let him have his way. But that means we have to abandon our control. We have to abandon doing what we want or we think is best. Well, but, but the Bible says before you go to war, you need to make sure that you've got what you need or you build a house. That's true. But you don't just build a house because you want to build a house. Because God doesn't support what we want. Unless what we want is what he wants. Oh, I'm going to say that again. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing. God doesn't support what we want. Because what we want may not be what he wants. And that's why for us to pray to God for this and that and the other thing. You know what? It may be God's will. It may not be God's will. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves on the outs with God because he's not doing what we told him. And the last time I checked, we're his servants. He's not our servant. If that's news to you, then you need to really make some adjustments. But today we're going to go into the Word and we're going to see about plans and times and and how God does things. Because you know that the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 55, God's ways are not our ways. So that means our ways are not God's ways unless we adjust to Him. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. That means the things we think may not be God's thoughts unless we adjust to the way He thinks. He thinks. His ways are higher. His ways are better. His way is best. All the time. Without exception. Everything God asks, everything God wants is absolutely the best for our lives. Even though it may not sound like it, look like it, feel like it. We can't walk by what it sounds like, looks like, feels like. We've got to walk by faith. And every good and perfect gift comes from our Father above. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your plan. We thank you for your power and provision that you have for each one of us uniquely, wonderfully, abundantly. And today, Father, we... We so need to hear from you, to learn from you, to follow you, to have you have your way in our lives so you can work through our lives. Today, Father, we thank you for your word that goes forth and it won't return void, but it will prosper and accomplish that which you sent it forth today to accomplish. Your word that's truth that sets us free. It's life and health that heals us. There's a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. Father, today, by your Spirit, with your Word, we thank you for the illumination and revelation as we apply it to our life and adjust, experience transformation and go from glory to glory. Lord, I ask you to use me today and every To be able to bring your word, which is life, to people all around that you love and the people here and online. We thank you, Father, for this. In Jesus' name, and everyone said. So in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, I have been been just meditating on this scripture for quite a while. I was asking God about this year, 2024, because... I can make plans for this year, but just like every year, I make plans, and how many times do you find that the plans that you make you don't fulfill? We don't know what we're going to run into, but God does. And I'm tired of wasting time. I don't have time to waste. I'm in what people would call the latter part of my life here, which doesn't scare me at all. I just want to do the best at the end. Just like Jesus at the wedding the best wine came at the end. I believe that's what God has for our lives. You know, the American dream is, well, I'll work all my life and I'll, I'll, I'll retire. It's okay to retire from a, a job. Just don't retire from God. Don't retire from the plan He has had for you before you were ever born. Run the race. Complete the course in faith. Let the latter part of your life be greater than the beginning. Let our lives count more in the end, have greater impact and impartation than we did when we came into this world. You know, when really great, outstanding runners finish a race, how do they do it? You've heard of a kick? right? With everything in them, they muster up all the strength, all the focus, all the stamina, all the endurance that they've got left in them, and they are going to run with everything in them so they cross the finish line empty. We need not to hoard up and say, well, you know, this is my time for me. That's no way for a Christian to live. When we get freed from having to work a regular job, we can step fully into the things God has for us. I know, I know that's challenging to a lot of people because they've planned for this. But I personally don't believe in retirement the way the American dream has it. I don't see any of that in the Bible. But I believe That our last days are to be our greatest days. The Bible says here a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Now we can read this a variety of different ways. We plan our ways, and God helps us get to what our plans are. How many of you know all the plans that you've had, all the things you've asked for God didn't come to pass because they weren't what God had? If God gave us everything we prayed for and everything we wanted, we'd be a mess. Oh, I'm sorry, I'd be a mess. But I'm just like you. We'd be a mess. Because we don't know what we need. We know what we want, and what we want isn't always what we need. But God knows exactly what we need to experience abundant life. And so this says, a man's heart, Now, there's a problem right there. Because whether you know it or not, the Bible is true and what it tells us. Whether we like it, whether we agree with it, whether we want to believe it, it is true. And if we don't believe it, then we're going to fall prey to being limited where God doesn't want us to be. A man's heart plans his way. Now, this is not going to be up on your screens. I'm not going to have everything up on the screens this year because there's a work we each need to do. And part of it is, if you want it, write it down. If you don't think it's important, let it go. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things. Just just unsaved peoples. No, if our heart isn't under the control, the dominion of God, isn't under the direction of Holy Spirit and in line with the Word of God, it's deceitful. And where there's deception, there's what? I know none of you, here or online, are looking for loss this year, except in wait. We can all agree, but but we don't want to lose, right? I don't want to be a loser. You don't want to be a loser, but the enemy wants you to lose. He's out there to steal, kill, and destroy. And if we don't know what God has said, if we just go our merry way, because I hear Christians say this all the time. I had this in my heart. Okay, where'd it come from to your heart? Because there are plans for every one of you, multiple plans. What do you mean? Do you have a plan for you? Usually we do. Do you think anybody else has a plan for you? Probably your enemies have a plan for you, right? Right? Your friends may have a plan for you, but you have a real enemy, the devil. Do you know he has a plan for you? He has a plan to rip you off, to break you down, and to kill you. Now you're scaring me, Pastor. No, I'm telling you the truth. Don't be ignorant of the enemy's devices. The Bible tells us that. Don't go around with all these people that think, there's no devil Man, how much liberty will he have working in their life if they don't think he's real? But the devil is as real as God, but the devil is not the same as God. The devil is limited, and he's defeated. But who is he defeated by? Jesus. Jesus who if we allow Jesus to be our Lord, we are partakers of that victory. If we try to stand on our own, he'll whip our butts. He'll eat your lunch. He'll rob you and rip you off. He'll destroy and even kill things in your life. And that's why we can't just Take whatever comes to our heart because the enemy has got a plan for you and he's trying to put it in your heart, your heart and your mind. And even Christians, people that don't know Christ have no choice. Man, he's going to influence them every day of their lives. And we as Christians, we have a choice. Who are we going to serve? Who are we going to follow? Who are we going to submit and commit? Thank you, Eric ourselves to in 2024. Because if it's not God, now wait for this. This is really heavy revelation. If it's not God, it's not God. Let that sink in. Because he's the only one that wants you to have abundant life. He's the only one that wants to make you overwhelmingly more than a conqueror in all things. He's the only one that wants you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So every other plan, ours for ourselves, our best friends, our enemies, the enemy of our soul, the devil... Are all plans to fall far short from what God's plan is? And I don't want second plan. I want God's first plan. I want (laughs) God's best plan. Do you? Because I can't choose this for you. You can't choose this for me. We can't make this choice for anybody but ourselves. A man's heart plans his way, but the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. And the Bible says, who can know it? Who can know it? And God says, I search the heart and I test the mind. A man's heart plans whose way? His way. And unless our hearts are under the control and guidance and governing of God and His Word and His Spirit... Man, we're going to be off track in no time. Well, I had it in my heart. Yeah, but who is ruling your life? Because there are a lot of things in all of our hearts. And we can't trust. We can't trust our hearts. We can only trust God. If we're saved, there's still the opportunity for the flesh to rise up. Our fallen nature, our own old desires and ways to rise up and rule our lives. There's not a day that goes by that we aren't tempted with a variety of things. And it's easy to give in to the temptation. We can rationalize and justify, it's been hard, I just need a break. And the moment we do, we step back into the bondage that we were in before. Plans. A man's heart plans his way. But don't we know? Isn't there a plan that we've already heard of in Jeremiah 29, 11? God's Word says, I know, in the New Living Translation, I know the plans I have for you. Plans for good, not for disaster or evil. Plans to give you a future and a hope. One of the things that we see that is so lacking in so many people's lives is hope. When the Bible tells us about where hope comes from, God is the God of hope that fills us. Listen to what he fills us with because he's the God of hope. When we have hope, he fills us with joy and peace in believing. And then the scripture goes on to say that we would abound to even more hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not something we do on our own. We allow God to do it, and then we experience what he does in our lives, and then we allow Holy Spirit to do even more because he's God, and even more of that. God just keeps heaping it on. That's the overflow, life and life more abundant. But that only comes from God. You can't get that anywhere else. I know you can go to some of these places and you get bottomless cups of soda, overflowing. But what's the result of what we get from the things of the world? It's very temporary, and usually it's not real beneficial. But with God, it's eternal and it's the best. There are only two kingdoms, only two that we can can serve the plan of. Plan. We plan our ways. Bob Dylan had a song back in the 70s. You're going to serve someone. You may never have heard of it. You ought to look it up, listen to it. Because he said, you're going to serve someone. It may be the Lord or it may be the devil. But you've got to serve someone. Because the Bible says we can't serve two masters. We're going to love one and hate the other. We're going to cling to one and despise the other. And we can't love God, and it says money. But you can fill that with anything else you want. We've got to love God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. Consuming our whole being with God. And I know this is an ever present challenge in my life because I get so distracted. Squirrel. <laughs> you know, I, I want to, Lord, thank you. Squirrel. There are more and more things. We have more things available to us to distract us and to waste our time and our energy. You'll never get time back. What are we using it for? Plan his ways, but... Thank God for the buts. But the Lord directs his steps. See, we're either going to run our plans or we're going to run his plan. You can't run two plans at the same time. It's like running two different paths. And you may be able to do it for a little while, but it eventually gets uncomfortable, then impossible. And it says, but the Lord, the Lord. Remember I told you the word Lord means master, owner, controller, I heard one of the best explanations for me, helped me to understand what it's like to have the Lord be my master. Now, I know there are some of you that don't like animals. I mean, you're not violent towards animals, you just don't care for them. That's all right. Some of you like cats. That's great. We've had cats. We're really a dog family. And some of you like dogs. And this pastor, Pastor Tony, was talking about master in relationship to dogs. Now, isn't that relatable? Dogs have masters, correct? And he said, you know, we have dogs. And, and I could so relate because we've had dogs. Our last dog was a great name. Her name was Stancy, because it was going to be Stanley, but Stanley became a her. <laughs> so we changed it quickly. And Stancy was great. She was a great, great Dane. Figures, right? And, and Stancy really wasn't good. She wasn't a hunting dog. She wasn't a sled puller. Um, she wasn't much anything but a dog. But I can tell you, that dog had a great life. That dog came into our house and was a mess. Seriously. Worms, skin stuff. I used to have to bathe Stancy with this sulfur. My hands and she, she was a white Great Dane, would turn bright yellow. And I went through this week after week after week. And what did she do to deserve it? Nothing. She just happened to be in our house. I happened to be her master, her owner. Our family did. That dog ate well. And I'm telling you, it wasn't cheap. And so we we took care of her food. She had free health (laughs) care. Not only did she get food, you know what she got? She got treats. Between the meals, she got treats. She got toys. She was able to sleep anytime she wanted to. And it started out in just her bed. But she migrated to claim every bed and every couch in our house. And we let her. We even invited her up. When she would get in bed with my wife and I, she knew right where she was going to go. She was strategic. I didn't know dogs were this smart. And I especially didn't know Stancy was. (laughs) Stancy would crawl up between us, go up to the head of the bed, turn around and crawl under the sheets in the blanket. Our house was not cold. We kept it warm in the winter and cool in the summer. She got that for free. But she'd lay down And put her back towards Debbie. (laughs) And you know where I'm going, don't you? (laughs) And all of a sudden, you know, the Great Danes have long legs. Guess where those legs were going? I got pushed out of bed more times. Then I could count, and I would just go to another room or a couch that she didn't want at that moment, and I would sleep there. She had a great life, but how many of you know not every dog has a great life? Because we were good masters. We were good owners. Her life was good, but there are dogs, and and you see commercials for, I don't know what it is, but for animals that have been mistreated by their masters. And if you have a bad master, you have a bad life. And if you have no master, if a dog has no master, what are they? They're a stray. And their life is even more difficult. The life of a dog with a bad master is, they can be neglected They can be abused. They can even be killed. The life of a stray is a life of constant danger. Continuous uncertainty. And I just want you to close your eyes for just a second. And I want to ask you a question. As you can see with a dog, their life is absolutely connected and dependent on their master. If you have a good master, you have a good life. But if you have a bad master or a no master, you know, the Bible tells us that Jesus is Lord, but He's Lord of those who choose to make Him their Lord. Until that point, Jesus said this to the Pharisees and Sadducees, your father, your master is the devil. And if you're here today and Jesus is your Lord, your master, then you have the opportunity for the greatest life any human being has ever experienced. Not without difficulty, but knowing in the midst of the difficulty, your master is there to take care of you, to provide for you, to protect you, and to continue to make your life the best it can be. But if you have not made Jesus Lord of your life, then you have a bad master, even if you think you have no master. And today I want to offer you the opportunity to experience new life abundant life again not without difficulties or challenges we all have them because we're living in this fallen world but realizing that you don't have to overcome this life alone or in spite of who's ruling your life and not even knowing who's ruling your life you're here and you have never received Jesus as your Lord You at home, if you've never received Jesus as Lord, as your master, as your owner, as your controller, then today I invite you to pray. Pray with us and invite him to be Lord of your life. If that's you here in person, I want to know who I'm praying with. We're all going to pray together, but I want to know. Because then I can continue to pray for you. So if that's you, I just want you to lift your hand with every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you. Thank you. Let's pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son Jesus who came into this world, lived a sinless life, died on the cross to pay the price for my sin, and was raised from the dead Glorious and victorious, seated at your right hand today. Today, Lord Jesus, I come to you and I confess I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me. I thank you right now for your free gift of forgiveness and for cleansing me from all things of my past. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. I am yours. You are mine from this day forward. Guide me. Guard me. Govern me. I want to know you. And I want to fulfill your will. And I thank you for my new life that starts today and goes to eternity. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer here today for the first time or or you just recommitted yourself, again, Eric, thank you for the word commitment today. You recommitted yourself to the Lord, which sometimes we have to do because we've gotten off track. We started to run our own lives, but we need to get back to him being the one that is in control of our lives, guiding us and governing us and guarding us. If you prayed today for either one of those, for Jesus to be Lord or you reconnected, let somebody know before you leave. If you online did, please let us know. Go to the website, reslifeny.org. Scroll down to where the prayer requests are. Let us know your name. Let us know that you prayed and if you give us some contact information we'll get in contact with you this week god is a great god he is doing great things and the greatest things are yet to come and god wants to do them to you and through you so all the people around you would see christ in you that the bible says is the hope of glory it's a great plan He's got a plan, and he's working the plan, and the plan works, so let's get with the plan. Amen? Would you stand? I just want to pray for you before you leave. God has a plan for you today, but he's got a plan for you this week, and that plan involves him having his way in you and through you, in us and through us, so that the people around us would experience what heaven is going to be like. And so, Father, I pray right now for every one of us that we would become more intentionally aware of you, connected with you, considerate of you, that you could enlighten us and empower us to impact every person around us, saved or unsaved. That you so love and still love and want to see their lives abundant and overflowing. Lord, thank you for the privilege of being your children and the opportunity of being co laborers with you. Your word says the field is white with harvest and you're sending forth the laborers. We're here, Lord. Send us. We thank you, Father, for this. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, have a great week.